This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back at you with a Monday episode where we're going to talk about the week that the Washington Capitals had. Bit of a roller coaster, uh, but we're here to dive into it as per tradition. If you're an OG here, you know that on Mondays we're going to be talking. We usually talk about a week in review, league news, things like that. And then on Thursdays we are uh, usually pull in a guest or you know have me pontificate on some random subject, and you're at my mercy in that aspect. But this Thursday we actually have the Never Say Die Islanders po- or Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network joining us to talk about things like why they can bury trots and are the Islanders punching above their weight or not. Um, so tune in on Thursday for that. But for now, let's pop some tabs and get it going. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans, before we get into the nitty gritty of how the Washington Capitals performed this week, let's talk about some league news. Um, kind of a funny story out of New Jersey. The sorry Lindy Chance were happening just recently in the past game at home for the New Jersey Devils, who are currently on a nine-game fucking heater. What a wagon that team is right now, leading the Metropolitan Division. I told you, you can't sleep on New Jersey this season, and as always, I was right. They're really good. They look really good. They have benefited from a solid backstop, or at least an improvement in the position with Vitek Vanacek, as we heard last week with Neil Villapiano. And he actually even referenced that the Fire Lindy chants were an incredible thing that that was very much uh, like uh, uh, what the fans were about last year. But it's funny that uh, they, they are now apologizing in... <clears throat> in a much more ruckus and and loud way than the fire Lindy chance of last season. At least New Jersey fans can admit when they're wrong, right? I mean, come on, we got to give it to them. Very interesting to see that the New Jersey Devils are on such a heater. I thought they were going to be good this year, but I thought maybe they'd be a bubble team or third in the Metro. Uh, right now, leading the Metropolitan Division uh, pretty, pretty handily. It's going to take a... You know, they're going to have to drop off and drop a few games in a row. And another team is going to have to win several in a row to catch them. And I'm not saying that it's going to be un- un- unattainable, but it's definitely one of those things where they're already kind of showing a bit of a gap in the standings with the rest of the division. So good for them. Um, that really does throw a wrench into things because right now the New York Rangers are outside looking in. The, the Islanders are in second place and Carolina is in third. So if we take a look and we think we're going to split the two wildcard spots with the Atlantic, uh, which is also of a strong possibility, um, we've got a, we, the, the, that leaves the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, the Washington Capitals, and the Pittsburgh Penguins all really vying for that wildcard and or last one of the Metropolitan Divisional uh, spots. <laughs> the Metros... A shit show. It always is. Definitely the most competitive division in hockey year in and year out. So hold on to your butts for that. On the Atlantic, though, the Bruins are also speaking of the Atlantic, though, the Bruins are also cruising as they're leading the Atlantic with a 12 and 3 record and earned 28 points on a total heater, despite um, 
the absolute buffoonery that that management has pulled off in the past couple weeks regarding Mitch Miller. Um, I don't know. We talked about that last week. I'm, I don't really want to give this guy any more airtime, so fuck him and the Bruins. On the West, the Vegas Golden Knights are 13-3, 26 points, which of course they are. They should be. They were handed a team. Um, that's good for first in the Pacific, a.k.a. the worst division in hockey. And surprisingly, Dallas is leading the Central with 19 points. The West is literally a poverty franchise. The Hockey Hall of Fame inducted Daniel Alfredson, Roberto Luongo, Rika Salonen, and both Sedine brothers, plus Herb Carnegie as a builder uh, this past week, which is pretty interesting. Uh, a really kind of cool uh, experience, you, I guess you could say, or a cool thing that happened was that uh, Bordier Salming was in attendance in at the Maple Leafs game for the Hall of Fame game in Toronto. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1996, and he was honestly a shoe-in. He's been a fan favorite, a Leafs player when he played and up and now. Um, he was a defenseman. He was a Swede. He was very early European to make it into the league and be like a dominant force. Um, uh, so, you know, back when he was really coming in, uh into the league, you know, the, the whole stigma of Euro trash, soft Euro trash players was incredibly strong. And he took a lot of on ice abuse for that and was quite frankly, discriminated pretty heavily against, um, within the league just for being a Swede, which is fucking wild. If you think about it today, because of <laughs> Sweden is the third most represented country in, in the NHL, uh, as far as, you know, heritage of the players that are playing in it. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, he persevered though. He wound up with 787 points in 1148 games and was the first Swede to be inducted in the hall of fame. Unfortunately, he suffers from ALS today, which has left him unable to speak. So he's, he's kind of, um, you know, a little, he's not, he's not able to really express uh, his emotions, but he was out there on the ice, uh, during the game against Pittsburgh in Toronto and was able to uh, get a standing ovation from the Toronto Maple Leafs crowd. So all good stuff there. Glad to see him kind of, you know, up and out and uh, definitely a legend in his own right for, for the game of hockey. Injuries. Rurinsky out the rest of the season with a separated shoulder and torn labrum. That's a bad roll for, for Columbus and Blankenberg for Columbus also out six to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. You know, unfortunately, even though Columbus had netted Goudreau in the offseason, it does not look like that has really helped them much as they are 100% a basement dweller in the league, uh, you know, much less the Metro, right? So, you know, kind of a tough break for them. You know, maybe they're tanking for a number one pick. We'll see. Shabbat also out for the Senators for at least one week with a concussion. And the only really suspension news I have, other than what was affected, what what I'll cover in the Washington wraparound, was Blake Coleman fined five thousand dollars for a slew foot. So there's all four games to cover in the Washington wraparound this week. So let's get right into it. But first, I do have to pay the bills. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props and total points, or in point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Caps fans, let's talk about this last week. It was definitely a roller coaster and sometimes a bit of a shit show. So let's get right into it in this, this week's Washington Wraparound. All right. So this week we played Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay twice. I'm streaming right after the Tampa Bay Lightning, the second Tampa Bay Lightning game. So, uh, you know, we're kind of uh, not feeling great about it. But the overall, the week went 2-2. Two and two. And honestly, um, all of these teams look to be playoff teams, aside from maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, but let's get right into it. On the 7th versus Edmonton, uh, that was a 5-4 win. So, you know, <clears throat> the Washington Capitals got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl at home. Um, I definitely think the Caps came to play with, like, road juice on this. You know, they played the game, they came out the gate really trying to get pucks deep, playing with a lot of jam. Uh, and it was at home, so that was great. It was great to see. Uh, Connor McMichael was scratched. Sonny Milano and Abe Kubel in along with Lucas Johansson on D. Wilson, Oshie, Backstrom, Haglin, Brown, Malenstein, John Carlson, and Orlov all still injured and out of the lineup at this point, which equated to about $40 million in cap space that was unavailable to the Washington Capitals. Brutal. Uh, early on, we thought that Sonny Milano may have netted his first goals. He was wide open about 10 feet from the crease, and he beat uh, Edmonton goalie Skinner. Unfortunately, the puck hit the crossbar and went out, so it was like crossbar down to the front of the line. I mean, it was a heater. It, he had the goalie beat dead to rights, but just couldn't put it in the back of the net. They actually stopped the play for this uh, and called it a goal, even though the call on the ice was a no goal. So they reviewed it and stopped play and rewound the clock and started the faceoff in the Edmonton zone. Uh, love to see Abe Kubel's kind of jam on this one, this this first game. Uh, he cleaned out Evander Kane with a nice open ice che- hat check. Abe Kubel was really just kind of buzzing along with Milano this game. So, Immediately, right off the bat, very visible impact to the game. I love to see it. Late in the first, Dylan Strome caused a turnover uh, and buried an absolute snip. Short side, high. That put the Caps up one going into the second. Uh, but And then less than 30 seconds into the second, the Caps power play had a, had a leftover from the first, about a minute and a half. And Dylan Strome again buries on a nice power play defection, deflection. So two goals. Bang, bang for Dylan Strome, even though there was a 20-minute intermission in between. Caps up 2-0. Uh, 
Eight minutes later, the Oilers did answer with just an incredible individual effort from McDavid. You know, you play these guys, you play the Edmonton Oilers, and you got to expo- spot them at least one goal from either Dreisaitl and, and McDavid. Uh, so that's like two, maybe, but definitely a one. Um, he just went one on two, dangled two defensemen, and then the even better deke was against the goalie who I believe was Kemper at this time. Uh, just, I mean, the, the spread, the, the lateral movement, it's, you know, it's not just McDavid's speed and that the fact that, you know, there, there are guys that are as fast as McDavid, but their hands can't keep up with it. We talk about it all the time here in the past seasons talking about McDavid, but the ability for him to literally go, you know, post to post with one move, one fl- one really seamless move, and have the edge work to keep up with it, and the ability to to control the puck during that move after dangling two defensemen, really in the matter of like ten feet, is uh, that's that's really why he's so good. Obviously, the speed's one thing, but having the hands to keep up with it is is a completely different thing. And him being able to put it all together is so key. Burned through two defenders, dangled the goalie, post to post for Barry. I mean, this puck was literally on the ice the whole time. He didn't have to lift it. It was uh, an insane play. I mean, he makes it look easy. It's, it's truly God-level shit. Soon after, though, uh, Kuznetsov finally gets his first goal on a nice passing play from Strom, who's at this point working on a three-point night. It's really good. Two goals and an assist at this point. Um the power play was was fucking cooking. I mean, two two goals on the power play, less than halfway into the game. Love to see it. Four minutes later, though, Ovi gets stripped of the puck in the neutral zone by a hard skating Hyman, who dishes a deflection pass to Ryan Eugene Hopkins, and he bats it out of the air and passed. I'm sorry, it was Lindgren in that pass. Lindgren, Edmonton keeping it interesting. Keeping it very interesting at this point. You really can't keep a, an offensive team like that down. Um, even though at times the Washington Capitals seem to be dominating play against Edmonton. Um, they definitely got their their chances back and forth. Uh, and a couple ended up in the back of our net. <clears throat> Luckily, though, our savior, Alexander Ovechkin, rips an absolute blast of Rister from his office uh, again on the power play and restores the two-goal lead going into the third. <laughs> Three minutes into the third, Ovi's a bit worthless in the D zone, and the Oilers capitalize on a puck that went off Ovi's skate for a cross-crease Barry. You know, that's two kind of pucks that Ovi had a chance at that he he didn't get. And, of course, it's all forgiven when he scores. Uh, but, you know, we want to talk about defensive liabilities. Ovi is still a bit of one, though <laughs> who gives a shit, right? Because when he scores, the Caps win. Um, you kind of forgive him on that stuff. The oil, and, and honestly, that's really one of the the few players on this team in which gets that, in, and in the league really, gets that uh, that kind of pass. In the third, though, the Oilers kind of realize that, that the game's somewhat close and, and that they need to really start pouring it on, and so they did. Um, the Caps really had dominated at large stretches for, up until this point. Um, but there were there were several close calls late in the third that included a solid pa- uh, penalty kill by the Caps. And with less than two minutes left in the game, the power play again cashes in as Ovi rushes the puck and 
does like a between the legs dish. I mean, Ovi, the playmaker here, going far side, taking a stop and dishing in between his legs for Kuzi's second goal of the season. Beautiful play. The two Russians linking up. Good thing, too, because the Oilers immediately fire back with a goal as Favier lost his man in front. Nugent Hopkins buries five on five. This was a hard fought game. The margins were really slim. We won by a single goal, high scoring. Um, but our power play had cashed in after being a bit dry at times. Um, and it was a, a, a great gong show game, man. Super, super exciting. And the stars showed up for both teams. And really the difference was special teams here. You hate to rely on special teams, but this is an example of when you, if you can cash in on the power play, uh, It'll while you may not be able to to make things happen five on five, uh, the five on five play can fuel the, the the power play, and if you get enough opportunities, which the Capitals did tonight, and and got got the puck in the back of the net during the power play, um, you know it'll win you games. So it's a five four win. This week I said we were going to go four and zero, ended up going two and two. I have no excuse for that, uh, but. You know, I guess we'll just write that one off is is in my never wrong category. Just forget about that. But at the same time, the Washington Capitals here starting off really well. My my record stands. <clears throat> Two days later, though, we have Pittsburgh Penguins at home. Heated rivalry as always. Fucking hate those guys. And it was a four one loss. The big first period. Uh, where the Caps really dominated early. I thought that, okay, hell yeah, the, the, you know, 10, min- 10 minutes into the game, I'm thinking the Washington Capitals are, you know, not going to shit the bed here and they're going to have a really solid game and everything's going to be great. But uh, unfortunately, in the first, the Pens started to regain their composure or gain their composure since they, they were literally getting stomped in the, from, the, from the opening puck drop into the halfway through the first period. And even up the shot totals in the last half, um, <clears throat> they really did have us, uh, you know, the, the Caps had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Unfortunately, the Caps couldn't get anything past to Smith during this this onslaught. So we go into the second 0-0. During the second, the wheels completely fell off the entire fucking operation. And it was, it was just sad to watch. Caps gave up three goals, two really fluky ones, including a shorthanded goal off a terrible Gustafson turnover. Crosby's out there, you know, just being a fuckhead, trying to abuse Faviari. And he actually did get an interference penalty, but we couldn't cash in. Um, and the requisite one goal spot of the Penguins turned into three. We literally spotted the, the Pins three fucking goals during this period. Uh, just Overall, poor play, not taking care of the puck, and the shorthanded goal is just, I mean, that's the dagger. So, <clears throat> the Caps, up to this point, had had three power plays, and unlike the previous game, were over, and in fact, a minus one for the shorthanded goal. It was just bad. For some reason, Ovechkin was not in his office. I... <laughs> That's got to be a coached thing or a new wrinkle that they were testing out. For for some reason, he was right next to the net, and we couldn't get him fed. I thought that it also, putting him that low, 
really put Gustafson at, at kind of a vulnerable position. You know, he's a righty. You want to see him be able to dish to somebody on his forehand. He was unable to do that to any safety because if he if he fires it to the boards, it's either coming back up the half boards or, you know, right in their own slot. And he just had, he had no real outlet. So he had to put it on net or find somebody um, on his, on his right side, which is a tough, tough thing to do. Uh, I, 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 again, I, I don't realize, I don't understand why Ovi wasn't on, in his office. It's just a uh, kind of a weird thing, but whatever. Uh, the third starts with the pins having only four D due to injury. I mean, the caps did do their job fourth and third line and, and everybody else was throwing the body. With uh, 738 left, Sonny Milano finally cashed in his first point and assist on a mojo goal. It was a nice play. It was digging out a puck from behind the net and, and cashing it in right for mojo coming down into the crease. And the Caps have a little bit of life. But a ridiculous play by Russ to start a fight for no reason. I mean, this is why I fucking hate the fucking Pittsburgh fucking Penguins. They, Russ goes down deep. It's one-on-one. And he knows that there's nobody supporting him on the team. And he gets stripped of the puck, gets a little bump, and then just starts a fucking fight. Meanwhile, while he's starting the fight, the Caps had already put the puck up into the Pittsburgh zone. And literally the play gets blown dead as a pass goes into prime scoring opportunity and prime scoring position right in the slot of the Pittsburgh Penguins offensive zone, right in front of the fucking goalie. And they blow the play, blow the whistle because Russ decided to start a fight for no reason. Um, jammed up the play. Uh, and this was, you know, followed by like a, a somewhat high hit on, on Gensel, which really wasn't a high hit. I didn't think it was Gensel reaching Shiri. Who's like five, eight hits him um, shoulder to shoulder as he's reaching. And he helicopters. I mean, this is something that happens in hockey all the time. I didn't think it was high. I didn't think it was dirty. I definitely didn't think Sherry meant to do it. And uh, I don't believe he even got a fucking penalty for it. Uh, So yeah, there it is. And then there was empty netter that the pins cashed in as as the Capitals couldn't put anything on net. I thought after the first 10 minutes, the puck retrieval by the Washington Capitals was absolutely abysmal. Uh, The whole game, minus, minus the first 10, honestly. Gustafson had a really shitty game. I'm sure he felt it. Uh, he was not getting shots through. He probably had 15 attempts and two on net. Um, and he was just a turnover machine. This happens when you're playing D, especially when you're getting a lot of minutes. So, you know, just calling him out, not saying that he needs to be traded or anything. I'm not, I'm not ready to jettison this guy, but at the same time, uh, we can see where his weaknesses lie. I think even especially early in this season, he's definitely not a shutdown guy, but he has a high offensive upside. Uh, again, the head structure really here is like, why wasn't why was power play Ovi in front of the net? Very weird. I feel like we could have supported our power play a little bit with the umbrella formation, but hey, that's just me. Bottom line is I hate losing these motherfuckers. And, you know, honestly, last, last week I put the put the possibility of the Pittsburgh Penguins turning around their losing streak on the Washington Capitals. And I 100% regret it. So I'll take that blame. You know, that's on me. Sorry, guys. The sun came out, though, against Tampa Bay, the third game of our home stretch here. 
our homestand, if you will. John Carlson back in the lineup. Laviolette out because of COVID protocol. Hope he's okay. Um, this is a 5-1 win. A, a, a real ass beating by the, or by the Washington Capitals on Tampa Bay. Mantha, Anthony Mantha opens up scoring on a cross-ice pass from Eller. The Caps really, you know, again. So it's like the Caps had in Edmonton had an incredible game. Played with a lot of jam all, all 60 minutes. Then go to have Pittsburgh in town, play for like 10 minutes, and I don't know, shit the bed the rest of the 50. But in Tampa Bay, they turn it back on, you know, play with a lot of aggressive, you know, aggressiveness and, and again, jam, if you will. A lot of juice flowing. Uh, but this time it worked. It, they kept it on past the first 10 minutes. The rest of the first was a bit even with a slight edge for uh, edge and shot for the Lightning and shot totals. Uh, Caps go into the locker room for the second period, up one nothing. The second out started out the same with you know no team kind of grabbing a clear advantage. It was kind of back and forth until all hell broke loose as Abe Kubel hit Cal Foot high as he was trying to make a play on foot. At the blue line, Calfoot kind of reaches out and taps the puck in at the blue line, and Kubel is literally just skirting the blue line. He, prob- he probably should have held up. He definitely should have held up on this hit, uh, but things happen fast. <clears throat> and uh, Abe Kubel really just hammered foot right in the head, another helicopter-type type, uh, body check, and Calfoot ended up going to the locker room. The uh, it, it ended up also like cutting him in, cutting him in the face due to the visor being pushed down, and it resulted in a match penalty for for AK there. Uh, and then and then shit got even weirder. While the zebras were holding uh, a conference to figure out if Abe Kubel was you know going to get the cops called on him, you know put to death immediately, whatever it may be, fucking Pat Maroon and Hathaway just decided to fight. Uh. There's no play going on. Play hasn't gone on for five minutes, and Hathaway is out there chirping or whatever, and Pat Maroon just decides, you know, let's just fight. And, you know, obviously it takes two to tango here, but it's just just a weird, weird situation. Um, both of them, though, got a five and ten. So generally when you fight, you get the five-minute major, and then you're done. But both of them got a five and ten for engaging while no play was going on. <laughs> just a weird, weird situation. So that happened. Um the Caps did a really good job so with the match penalty. So so what resulted in this was the five and tens for the fight were both offset. Abe Kubel, because he got a match penalty, was also assessed a on ice five minute minor that was or five minute major that was ended up being served by Sonny Milano. Uh, so he had to sit because he was on the ice. Um <clears throat> I the Caps ended up killing this five minute penalty. Uh, Tampa did have a couple chances on net, uh, but you know, we also had a couple chances going the other way. Tampa Bay's just like the caps are notorious for giving up shorthanded goal every once in a while. And, uh, the Washington Capitals were definitely trying to jump on that. They didn't cash in, but right after the five minute penalty expired, John Carlson found the puck in front of his own net and flung it off the boards 
towards the box on the box side and sprung Sonny, Sonny Milano out of the box. Literally, he was stepping right out, caught the puck in a dream scenario, literally like a full red line to blue line distance away from anyone. Skates in on a breakaway goal and dangles Vasilevsky for his first goal of the season. So that is uh, that is awesome. I mean, great to see Sonny Milano having that breakaway potential and being able to, to, to get there. Yeah. A bit of a gift for sure, but uh good, good heads up play by JC and love to see Sonny Milano finally getting his first goal. Uh, so if you don't know with the Abe Kubel thing, like the, the match penalty automatically triggers a hearing um, and they get sent they're, they're They're ejected from the game along with taking the major. So uh, at this point in the game, the Caps have been bailed out largely by Kemper, who's standing on his head, having an absolutely great game. Uh, and the Caps have taken advantage of their opportunities. I mean, this was uh, this has been great. Uh, I, I was super happy to see finally Milano cashing in. Mantha's getting off the schneid there, had three games where he wasn't doing anything. Uh, gets, a, gets, a, gets a really good goal. He gets an assist eventually and... Caps it off with a fight, so he gets the completes the Gordie Howe hat trick, which is awesome. Uh, but <clears throat> after this kind of after like the the third, it uh, the, the game just really kind of devolved, and it was a it was a, just a gong show by each team. It was just back and forth chances, really run and gun turned into basically a shootout. Um, as both as like the the last five minutes of the second, like both teams just trading chances. And with the Caps seemingly having the better ones. <clears throat> Finally, after some back and forth, uh, Jensen put a shot on that was deflected by Protus, who then chased down his own rebound and buried. So Tampa is now in full piss baby mode and a scuffle in front of the Caps net results in a power play of the Caps and two players from each team having to sit. I mean, this was just a revolving door for both teams into the penalty box. Uh, they killed the penalty, though, with some, some expert shot blocking and... I'd say there was probably eight, eight shot attempts by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and only a few got on net. Um, you know, at the, towards the end of the game, oh, I'm sorry, uh, the Caps again. You were still in the second. Uh, the Caps started pouring it on, and Perry took his second penalty of the game late in the period, which the Caps couldn't convert on. Tampa also took another one right after for a trip, and the Caps also couldn't convert on that. But right after the penalty expired, a quick breakout to Mantha fed human Swiss Army knife Connor Sheary, who had a free lane to that and finished far side with a snipe for nothing caps. <clears throat> and, you know, again, this is just uh, this game was really a shit show. And I feel like if you can if, if, if you can cause chaos in a game like this where a lot of people are going on both sides of the penalty box, it's going to benefit the team that doesn't have a lot of flow, doesn't have a lot of talent, right? Talented teams like to get into a groove and continue to attack in waves. If you can disrupt that in any way, um, you know, I think that it will, it will benefit the least talented team. And, you know, when we're looking at Tampa Bay versus the Caps, especially right now with our injuries, it, it definitely benefited us. Another penalty, um, a hit uh, from Stamkos right on Favari's numbers. <clears throat> you know, I think that Tampa at this point is just taking blatant penalties all game. Um, 
it it really didn't matter though because the the, the Caps really are just shitting the bed on the penalty ki- or the power play all game. Uh, officially 0 for 5 up to this point. All scoring has come from even strength right in a couple, admittedly, right after a power play. So definitely momentum is a huge thing. Um, but definitely a impressive stat and a good PK column for the Tampa Bay Lightning, considering the amount of the power plays the Caps are gifted. Speaking of, of gifted power plays, though, John Cooper must have bitched hard enough because with 11 minutes left, now we're in the third, uh, Hathaway took a soft tripping call and the ensuing power play came up empty, but like several goals this game, the minimum they built on the power play translated to a 5-1-5 goal from the point with eight minutes left and the lightning showing a little bit of life. The next few minutes was all Tampa and it really all boiled over again, more, more physicality, more chippiness. After John Carlson gave a cross check, one cross check too many, or kind of got bulldogs, if you will, Colton, um, who started a line brawl. And, and every time these things happen, everybody just starts getting wrapped up. There are like two or three fights happening at the same time. Um, and, you know, the initial penalty in, in stoppage of play comes from Colton getting pissy and cross checking JC from behind pretty hard. Uh, Perry then punched Mantha a few times in the head, had his jersey completely over his head, and was still throwing like the upstanding citizen that that, uh, Corey Perry is. Uh, Gustafson got fed pretty pretty good, I'd say, uh, but good for him for standing in there. Uh, But all of it resulted eventually in, in a Caps power play and a bunch of players going down the tunnel early. Just total shit show. Uh, luckily the caps weren't done yet. Even after all of that happened, uh, Ovi recovered the puck in Tampa zone and fed Kuzi who one touched it to Milano who tried to go right back to Kuzi, but instead it went off of a Tampa D man into the net. That's two goals for Milano tonight. And it's a three point game for him. Love to see it. Um, I mean, he's been a great pickup for league minimum, a guy who was waved and down to the a, uh, very early a season. So, Gets the PTO with Calgary, gets cut, gets put on the waiver wire. Nobody picks him up. Caps do for a league minimum. Ship him to Hershey and then bring him up. And now he's part of this team and he's he's got a point per game on average. I think it's safe to say, you know, at this point in the week that uh, the, the goaltending tandem from last year would not have been able to, to keep this team competitive with the amount of injuries the Caps had taken. You know, I love Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, both homegrown guys for the Washington Capitals, came up in the system, drafted. But uh, I think it was we just as far as patience and the time in which would be needed for them to become their final form, if you will, uh, it, it was the right move to move them on, as the Caps are, of course, a win-now team. Um, I think that the two young guys just really weren't weren't going to cut it. Obviously, Kemper and Lindgren have been doing an incredible job. Uh, you know, I think it was a really good win by Brian McCullen to fill our needs up and down the lineup. And, you know, we've said, I say this like every episode, but he's done a really good job I, uh, with what he had. Um, but that, I think his, his really, his the crown jewel of his achievements this year are filling the net with Kemper and Lindgren. And that, you know, we're, we're also negating to mention Dylan Strom and Sonny Milano, and a couple of the more shrewd pickups, Brown, Gustafson, 
that have really helped this team kind of limp along while everybody else is a revolving door on the IR list. So a great response game at this point, third game in the week uh, against Tampa Bay after really an embarrassing bed shitting against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, I think everything was going the caps away. They were playing with, you know, devotion needed to, to capitalize on some of the puck luck they were getting. And, uh, of course, it was going to make tonight, Sunday's uh, matchup, very interesting in Tampa. A little afterthought, uh, a little a- update on uh, Abe Kubel. Because the hearing was automatically triggered by his match penalty and that hit to the head uh, on Cal Foot. the NHL uh, sussied him for three games. They really threw the book at him, uh, made a made an example out of him. I think this is one of those hits that the that the league is 100% trying to get out of the league. You know, I, I think it was somewhat similar to the back in the day, the Stevens Korea hit where Korea came back and, you know, he's, he's, it really, you know, that type of hit. Um, and, and the, the Stevens Korea hit in particular, Paul Korea said like, he doesn't remember anything literally for like weeks after that hit happened. On top of that, uh, he was just really kind of pissed off that the NHL still let it happen. And it's taken, you know, tons, you know, a decade or more for the NHL to actually take a hard stance against it, against that head contact, and they're really moving in in that direction. So, uh, you know, I think it's fair. Abe Kubel probably should have avoided that as much as he could or at least kind of not formed up in the way that he did. I know that's a really tough habit to break when you know you're going to make contact. You really kind of tense up and and try to, you know, self-preserve yourself. But when you see a guy leaning out like that and you know that you're going to you're going to nail him in the head, you definitely have to veer off course or stop or do something to minimize the impact. Uh, Additionally, (laughs) Maroon was fined twenty seven hundred dollars and Hathaway is fined four thousand dollars for their shenanigans. Apparently, it's a max for both players uh, for the infraction, and uh, the reason it's a max is because these type of fines are based upon their salaries, and both of which are pretty low uh, in, you know, in respect to the rest of the NHL. You know, and then we go into Sunday, the 13th, Tampa Bay, and this is, again, just a... I think if if you, if you look at this game that we end up losing six to three in Tampa Bay after all of the drama after all the chippiness you know I don't have a lot of notes here uh, it, it was it was a it was a bad L Tampa had all of the all of the reason to have a chip on their shoulder you know they have some injuries uh, it was a chippy game Pat Maroon's out here struggling to stay relevant by starting fights both games and it's just kind of you know. If the Tampa really wanted to capitalize, but Tampa Bay scores four goals, four, four, four to nothing. They outscore the Caps four to nothing in the first period. That's first of all completely unacceptable, and second of all, and and this causes Kemper to be pulled for Lindgren, who who didn't have a bad game in in uh, in relief. But if you look at the next two periods, the Caps win. Three to two. So if the Caps can at least just you know keep it to a goal, they're looking at a point in overtime. You know whatever it may be, uh, this type of inconsistencies is something that we're 100% familiar with being um, a Caps fan. But unfortunately, this one really came to bite them in the ass. 
obviously there was a day of travel in between, you know, I get it, all of that. Uh, we're not in our own, our, our home barn anymore. We're going to enemy territory, but that you look at the margin of error here and it's one bad period that blows it for the Washington Capitals. The Caps end up outscoring the Tampa Bay Lightning. So like I said, it was 4-0 after the first period. The Caps end up scoring, outscoring the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 in the second and third combined. If that's a 0-0, you know, if, if the Caps just hunker down and not get fucking drilled uh, and just totally come out flat and absolutely shit the bed in the first period, that's a win. Let's say we let one in. We're playing for overtime, and then you have your you have your possible win there. Um, you know, I, I actually was recording the Thursday interview during the first period, and it ran long, so I'm glad I didn't get to see the first. Um, but it was, you know, Ovechkin had the first shot with like a minute and a half left in the first. That is the war. That is like not even NHL. That's not even an NHL team out there. That's like an ECHL team at best. I think that my beer league team may be able to to muster up a couple more shots than that. At least, you know, like a dump in from our own zone for fuck's sake. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, with less two minutes uh, left in, in, in the second, Sherry scores. The guy's on fire. Uh, Irwin had two fights. Those are something noticeable. Pat Maroon continues to be relevant, like I said, uh, besides starting unnecessary fights. Irwin, I mean, the, the two fights by Irwin, you kind of got to love it. He, he didn't exactly win them, but uh, kudos to him for dropping the gloves in the bucket and going for it. Uh, so, look, I'm not going to beat this dead horse. <clears throat> Caps fans, it is the 13th day right now, as and during recording, is the 13th day of November, okay? Keep in mind... This is the hardest, the absolute hardest month that the Washington Capitals are going to have to get through. If we can maintain a 500 level point total, right, of a, a 500 level, like if we can bat 500, if we can win half our games, gather half the points that we need, or we could possibly get in these first two months, it's smooth. It's smoother sailing. It's it's you know we've crested crested Everest at this point. As we move forward. You know, it, things will hopefully get better. Wilson will come back. We've got some guys coming off the off the IR list, like possibly Oshi Orlov. We're looking like a completely different team come the new year, right? Come December even. So, I, I, you know, I feel like it's the trope that I keep going back to is, you know, don't panic, keep calm, and carry on. But uh, that's that's my that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. I think that if the Caps can get out of this month. 500 or better, we're not bad. With with every, everything considered, especially with all of the injuries that we've had, if we can get through this month, 500 or better, I have good hopes that the Washington Capitals can make a strong push for, for either A, a divisional, top three divisional spot in the playoffs, or have a very strong case into making it into a wild card spot. So I don't think that it's time to smash panic button yet. It's two months into the season. There's a lot of hockey to be played. Of course, these points are incredibly valuable, but I hope to go on a heater down the stretch and, you know, catch fire coming into the playoffs, I guess. Or maybe I'm just totally fucking delusional. You tell me. Chart me on online if you see me. If you think that I'm full of shit, definitely shout me out here. Next week, 
The Washington Capitals have Florida, St. Louis, and Colorado. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, it's like out of the out of the frying pan into the fire every week here, Caps fans. Again, I mean, this is an insane, you know, St. Louis isn't doing amazing, but they're still a solid team. Colorado and Florida, those are probably two teams that are going to make the playoffs, at least a wild card spot. Colorado just won the fucking cup. Uh, yeah, I mean, great stuff. <clears throat> I am going to say we're going to go. We're going to. I'm writing it down right now. Two and one. I think we beat Florida and St. Louis. And Colorado probably takes it to us. All right. You heard it here first. Bet on it. Use DraftKings if you do. Use code THPN. Until Thursday, when we have the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on. It's a long one. It's a good one. Uh, we're honestly just kind of going way off script, as we always do with my interviews and and uh, just talking a lot of shit. So if you're into that, please tune in. See you on Thursday. Until then, though, Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.